Welcome to For the Shire, By the Shire. Each week, we speak to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth. Welcome back to another episode of For the Shire, By the Shire. Today I'm joined by Marcus and Dinao, our first father-son team who come from McDonald Partners based in Guymere. Uh, Dino is actually the licensee and director at McDonald Partners and has over 30 years' experience, most of those in around the Sutherland Shire. He has a lot of knowledge around the Grays Point, Guymere, Guymere Bay and Kirrawee area. Uh, Marcus has joined the team following in his father's footsteps for a real estate career. He has a lot of years in customer service and customer management background working with developers. He's now currently in a sales assistance role and is involved in the buyer management, lead generation and everything in between to make sure that buying and selling process is as stress-free as possible. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having We us. had a little bit of a false start, didn't we, with our first um, first attempt at recording oh, this prior to COVID. And um, yeah. uh, lucky for us, we had a few episodes in the bank lined up ready to go. <laughs> but I appreciate you um, setting some time aside and coming back in today to, to talk to us. Pleasure. Why real estate? Tell me. For me? Yeah. Uh, I was doing a, I finished another apprenticeship when I was in finishing school, did an apprenticeship. Wasn't really what I was enjoying doing, so at the time I was actually doing hairdressing and barbering. I did the fully qualified hairdressing and barbering trade, got that out of the way. One of my clients was coming in, we had good chats about real estate, and it sort of gave me a buzz. I thought, oh, that, that sounds like a great industry to get into. And then opportunity came up to have a couple of interviews, and I ended up getting a traineeship and starting from there back back in, was it 1988? That's how far back I started. And I was 21 and I uh, haven't looked back since, so it's been great. And Marcus, why real estate for you? For me, um, as I was growing up, I always saw Dad working and thought, maybe I could get into that. Um, and I didn't want to get stuck behind a desk. Um, and the fact that in real estate you have so much freedom, even though sometimes that's no good thing, um, as long as you're not wasting time and you're using your time as productive as possible. Fantastic. Tell me a little bit about the history of McDonald's Partners. I've grown up in the Shire. It's been there for as long as I can remember. Tell yeah, me, well, take the, me back. The office has actually been in the same spot since 1959, so we're hitting 61 years this year, actually. I haven't been there that long. I'm not that old. So I took over the office in 91. Um, after, and we, from that time, we pretty much have gone, we, we changed it to a franchise. That didn't work for us. We ended up going back to an independent back in 97. Um, but literally, the, the office has been there since 1959. So, yeah, at the end of the day, that's pretty much how long it's been around for. So, yeah. so it's an institution now, the yeah, Shire, really. Been around that around for a while. Yeah. spot. I mean, Guymi is competitive when it comes to real estate. There's agents all up and down that strip. It's uh, from a client's perspective, they, they love living in that area. What what is it about McDonald Partners that sets them aside from the from the competition? Yeah, look, we we tend to do things a little bit different to your everyday real estate agent. Our focus is always about the client, and more so client benefits more so than agents benefits. Our industry has changed a lot over the last thirty years, and obviously there's more and more uh, agents out there. There's more and more agents pushing high profile stuff and all that. Our focus is all about making sure that we can get a great result for our client and establish to get the the most 
money in their back pocket as possible. So at the end of the day, that's that's our, our philosophy, and it's always about doing the right thing for our client, that everybody's a winner. And that's pretty much what we've all, that's the philosophy that I've had in the business for the last 30 years. So, yeah. Working those results and letting the results yeah. speak, for, speak themselves. for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Best way to be. Marcus, we'll talk about Guy Mir, Gray's Point in particular. What's drawing people? What is it? It seems to hold this premium, um, that, that little area. Why? Why are people drawn to it? I think mainly because the fact that it's such a family friendly neighbourhood. You've got all your public schools for, you know, the kids in primary. And then after it, you've got the option. You can, they, the kids can still catch the train to De La Salle. They can, um, you know, Guymere, Grace Point, Kirraway, all parts of Guymere, that is, are all in the Kirraway High catchment. Um, and with that, a lot of buyers from out of area who, you know, they want to move into the shire because Kirraway's got a good rap or the private schools like St Pat's, De La. That's just the main draw card to it. It's near the water. You can launch your boat. You can go out on a Saturday. Like, in that reason, it's just, like, a family-friendly suburb where there's a lot of community spirit activities and, yeah. Yeah, there's some great spots. Uh, I mean, I live in the area. That's that's my suburb. The the family are there, I think, just the, the it caters, choice of... It caters for a lot of people, mm. obviously. You've got your nature lovers, That you've got the National Park, the bushwalks, all that sort of stuff. Quite an easy commute to get public transport, like Marcus was just saying. You've got your train stations. You're only a five-minute drive if you want to catch the express trains from Sutherland. So that, that that's a big plus, and it caters for a lot of different different generations and different different demographics. And that's that's what we found. And you get good value for money for what you buy in the yeah, area. Yeah, you well. can be in close to that hub and a busy harbour. If you you step yeah. a few streets back, you're really tucked away and yeah. you've got the place. You've got the options, whatever you like. So yeah. Uh, let's talk real estate. There's so much talk in the media uh, consistently, but probably now more than ever. What do you see on the ground that, that differs to what's out there in the, the media at the moment? Yeah, the problem that we have with the media, the, the media just broadcasts it as a broad area for everything, and it's not. So we get asked this question all the time, what's happening in the market? Is the market dropping and all that sort of stuff? And the, the, question, the answer to those questions is you've got to ask them, where are you in the market? Which market? Which market? Yeah. Right? Are you buying? Are you selling? Are you renting? Are you upsizing? Are you downsizing? Are you looking for a, a high-density type of property? Are you looking for a standard residential single, do- single lot? There's a different answer for every single one of those. But what we're finding is at the moment things are going quite steadily. We haven't really seen too much of a change even though the media's been talking of talking prices down, we haven't really seen that a great deal. There's been a slight change in certain types of properties. Like, obviously, the stuff that there's an oversupply of, that's always going to have different variations in prices. But the stuff that is like your standard single-dwelling homes, the Shire doesn't have subdivisions, new subdivisions of land. So that has always been pretty steady, and that's that's what we're finding at the moment. I don't know what you guys are finding That's the as well. same message we yeah. see. The problem is that just... Saying that the market's dropped by half a percent is a pretty boring story, right? Yeah. They, they, they want to get the person yeah. in who's saying... They're saying 20 30%. We're going, mm, I haven't yeah. seen that one. That's right. Show I think, me. I think they find that find that person <laughs> who will sell that story yeah. for them and, um, and go to them. But, yeah, what is the market, right? What's happening in Dubbo is very different to what's happening in oh, Guymere and exactly, what's happening yeah. in Queensland yeah. is a different story again. So which market are you talking about and what are you looking to do? Now, Marcus, when it comes to buying a property, people are coming to see you. What is one question that more buyers should be asking? Definitely know what you're looking for. Everybody has this long list of, um, you know, wants. Like, you know, we want this house with, you know, ocean views, this, this, this. Know what you need. Um, And with saying that, you know, if buyers are having trouble with finding what that is, speak to an agent for help. 
usually we have a property off market that may suit. If we don't, and you tell us, like, you know, the more information you give us, the easier it is to find a property more suitable for you. And if nothing's on the market, you know, we can actually go out, more than likely have someone on our books database, ring them up, say, hey, we've got a buyer. Um, they're, prepared, they're prepared to pay, you know, a fairly good price. Would you be interested in selling? Yes, no. If it goes into a yes, happy days. So what you want to do is they need to differentiate between what they need in a property and what they'd like to have. Yes. And, and be quite clear yeah. between yeah, the difference. It's quite a common thing with all buyers. They come in with a massive want list yeah. in comparison to what they actually need. Well, that's the thing. And, like, and the, the, the first, um, like, you know, the first week with anyone looking, um, the list of, you know, I want to three-bedroom unit with three car spaces. And in the Shire, that's pretty rare unless you're paying, like, top dollar for a penthouse with a, you know, three car spaces garage. So as the time goes on, I don't know, I guess it's like conditioning for the buyer, thinking, you know, maybe we can't get that for what our budget is. But, you know, sometimes they're lucky. I'm not saying I'm not going to crush their dreams, but it's more so the the time it takes between from what the, the big list they have and then thinking, oh, OK, you know, we actually only need a two-bedroom with the study nook and one car space because there's a lot of off-street parking on the street. So finding that nice compromise in between that fits yeah. the budget. Dean, I want you to take me back to property number one. Do you remember the first property that you sold? <laughs> wasn't in the Shire. No, it wasn't in the Shire. <laughs> what about one in the Shire? Do you remember one of the early ones yeah, in the Shire? I, the first couple of sales I made in the Shire, actually I sold a little old Fibro in Janali, actually. It was in 2nd Avenue. It was rented at the time. It presented like it was really badly. It wasn't great. And when you think back, it was it was something that really needed a lot of work and all that sort of stuff. But at the, at the end of the day, they were selling for under $200,000 at the time. So you think, far out, we should have bought 10 of those at the time. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's always cheaper in the past, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, look, it, it, it was one of those things that I, I, I thought, wow. And looking back now, you think for $200,000, you can't even buy a unit now in the Shire. So not even a one better. So that's that's pretty much what, yeah. Is there it's any a, that you've sold more than once? Is there properties that uh, have that, sold and then back they come a few years later? Yeah, I've done that again? a number of times. Like, yeah. the, like the average time cycle for someone to own a property will sometimes be anywhere between five and ten years, sometimes longer. But there's been a few times where I've sold a property two or three times in that in the right. last 29 years that I've been in the shop. Okay. And that's, that's, the, that's the, the, the beauty of this game is, like, you do the right thing by your clients, um, you look after them as buyers and sellers because sometimes some buyers don't get treated right, not correctly, and, and owners think they're going to... But the whole idea is you've got to make sure that you're doing the right thing by both both parties. And at the end of the day, that's what happens. That's what this game is about. Like real estate, it's all about repeat business because of the relationships you build. And that, that's been a thing that, that I've experienced a number of times over the and years. And that buyer, that buyer, if you do the right thing, could Refers potentially to someone be your else. client. I've had cases where I've yeah. sold properties to clients and I've resold other properties. And then I'm selling properties to their kids, which is just... I'm thinking, far. I remember when you were in a baby capsule when I first met you. <laughs> what a so, funny, I, I imagine that'd be a funny experience, you know, going back to sell the same house for the third time and they, they go to show you through it and you're like, I'll, I'll lead the way, I know this house, back to front, let me but, show you where to go. But a majority of the time, no, things change. Yeah, it's true. Right? People true. knock out walls, they true. put new kitchens in, they put new bathrooms in. So so you're coming in saying, very where's rarely, that bathroom? Very door? rarely will do I ever walk into a house and it's exactly the same unless it's basically been an investment property and it's just had a lick of paint and that's pretty much well, there's even been times where, like, you know, I've seen my mates who I've gone through all the way through high school with gone to their place and they've seen, um, you know, they've seen my surname on Facebook and go, oh, 
Salvatore, are you related to Dino? I'm like, yeah. They go, oh, he sold us a house back in 1993. Still remember it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, how was he? He goes, oh, he had a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't not, have that not luxury anymore. Yeah. Not, coming, <laughs> not coming back. Yeah. Um, father-son team, how does that work from a dynamic, uh, you know, Walking out of the office, yeah. we're now father and son into the office, we're now colleagues. How, how do you find that relationship? Like, sometimes it can get heated, you know, We um, but at the same time, we bounce ideas off each other. So, you know, taking the taking work home with us, um, I don't know if my mum or my sister likes that, because we'll be talking at work at the table, at the dinner table, and they'll just be sitting there going, like, what, is, yeah. what does this even mean? What are they talking about? But I don't know. Dad may have a different different perspective than I do on it. Yeah, look, it's it, it's has it's has had some challenging times, but at the end of the day, I tend to sort of try and switch off as soon as I walk out of that office, um, purely because you need to have mm. block out time. Um, and sometimes I won't talk about about work at home because you need to need to sort of have a rest. Um, but a lot of the time, it, you end up getting there anyway because of the fact that there's something just happened or something might have happened with a client that mm. Marcus might not have been in the office and I was or vice versa. Um, so we just keep brainstorming and all that. But we do that with a lot of the team as well. That's the beauty of our office. Like Our office has got about... We've got a, a team of about 10 altogether and a lot of them have been with me for a long time. So it's all about making sure that you have a great relationship with all your team members and that's that's pretty much what it's all about. And obviously you've got to set boundaries up. Sometimes you need to sort of say, look, I'm not going to talk to you about that today. Mm. Let's let's move on. Let's worry about something else. That can else. wait till Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when a client rings at like 9 o'clock and I'm mm. like... Dad, you know, get off your iPad. What do I do? Yes, what do yeah, I need yeah. to say to this person? It's good, good having, good having some backup <laughs> right there. Uh, let's talk about one of the greatest pieces of marketing collateral going around the Shire, the air fresheners. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me about where these air fresheners are coming from because I'm seeing them pop up everywhere. Yeah, well, they've made it to New York with uh, the guy from Million Dollar Listing New York, Ryan Serhant. Um, I just wanted something where I thought, you know, what's something people, you know, can put in their car and what's one thing that stays in the car way longer than it should? And that's an air freshener. So I thought, okay, maybe if I can build some familiarity with some people I know and people I don't know by, you know, giving them an air freshener. First one I made didn't smell too great. Right, okay. <laughs> Second one I made smells better. But, um, yeah, um, I think last week we hit... A th- I've sent out a 1,000. Wow. So a 1,000 people have got my head in their car <laughs> dangling around. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it just started out as um, a little, you know, practical joke. My friends and I was either stubby holders or air fresheners. And, um, yeah, it sort of went viral, and I didn't expect it, so I thought, OK, I better order some more. And round it went. Yeah. So, Dino, looking back... Uh to the start of your career, did you ever think air fresheners would be the way to sell a sell a home? Mm, definitely not. <laughs> so, and with that as well, I've picked up two buyer leads who they've actually gave me the authority to go and look for a property for them. And with that, we've generated like countless appraisals. So off it's the good, back of that, off yeah. the back of just a simple air freshener. Fantastic, <laughs> excellent. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the changes in in marketing and how you sell a home nowadays. We've, we've seen so much change. What do you think are the biggest kind of breakthroughs in selling a property, and what should more people be doing nowadays? Yeah, look, obviously in the early when I first started on my kids, there was no internet, so everything was pretty much print, newspapers, and all that sort of stuff. These days, very rarely, well, us in particular, we very rarely put any ads in the in, in the newspapers anymore because we just don't find them 
beneficial yep. to our clients. They, our clients can have them. We don't stop them from having it. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about spending thousands of dollars on, on an ad that might last a couple of days in comparison, everything's pretty much internet-based now. Um, so obviously that that's a big thing. And again, why waste money on things that you don't, aren't going to get you a result or you can't track it? Because that's the other thing too. A lot of time with the print media stuff, we don't know where that inquiry is coming from. At least with the internet, we can monitor who's been looking at the photos, who's been looking at floor plans, who's 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 sent us an email, all that sort of stuff. So it's a lot 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 user friendly for our clients to show that this is what's happening with their property, and and that's that's been the biggest thing for us. Yeah, yeah. Mainly seeing the analytics, like you can sort of you can measure what you're putting out there with online, where with with paper. You know what's happening with it. Don't them. know if it's getting Is used the, to wrap yeah. the fish and chips or if yeah, people are eating much, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So. And I assume that then would help improve your marketing because you're receiving those analytics back. You can start to see what hits with buyers, what doesn't yeah, hit, what correct. photo works, yeah. uh, what wording works. So um, And you can change it pretty much it. instantly. Mm. Where with, with the newspaper ads, you couldn't. So it was one typo. It was, oh, it's, it was it's all over. <laughs> it's all over. All over. Now, Look, Australians generally love property. I'm sure every time you go out, people just want to talk, uh, not just about the market, but property in general. What's that worst piece of advice that you hear in relation to property? I'd love to hear one from both of you. We tend to get, oh, we're going to wait. I'm going to wait for the market to go up if you're a seller. I'm going to wait for the market to go down. No one rings a bell to tell you when the market's going to be at the bottom or when it's going to be at the top. So my advice to anyone is is you need to buy when you need when you when when it's ready for you, whether the market's up or down, it doesn't really matter because a lot of the time, you know, it's not it's not a transaction that you buy today and you're going to sell tomorrow. It's something you're going to sit on, and at the end of the day, more more than likely, it's going to be worth a lot lot more money by the time you decide to sell it, which is my in most cases five to ten years down the track. So that's my one. So yeah, Marcus. For me, I guess it's um, when the external influences get involved. Um, I've seen it a, a few times with first home buyers where. They've been on the search for like, you know, eight months, for example, and, you know, they find the property they love and they go, hang on, we're just going to bring in my auntie, let's say Karen, we'll just use that name. Yeah. We'll bring in auntie Karen. Um, she was in real estate 20 years ago for one week. She knows everything about property. And then she'll come in who hasn't seen anything that's what's on the market at the moment and say, you know, no, nah, this is horrible, building's bad, this, this and this, hasn't done any strata reports or anything, and then or sort of kill the sale where that property was perfect for those buyers, but just because this external influences came through, and I understand she's trying to like look out for their best interest, but she hasn't seen what's on the market. They were they're ready. Yep, agree. Look, um, I think uh, we had Stuart Maloney in here a few weeks ago, and he he used to turn the sheriff. The sheriff comes in, and um, and you know they come from a place of love. They do want to help, but mm. but they they, just, they don't have the education it. behind it because they haven't done any. They haven't been out looking every week with the kids and mm. seen all the all the properties that have been good and bad as comparisons. Mm. So all they get to see is the final one that they've chosen, and they sometimes put that a dampener be, on yeah, the whole might thing. Be the and first property they've seen yeah, with yeah. those people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. happens a lot. May not yeah. be aware exactly of the, the insight in the property. Let's talk about uh, real estate industry in general. Um, I'll give you control of it for the day. What's some things that you would change? If you've got control of the industry for the day, what are you going to change? I'd love to get rid of the cowboys. Yes. The ones who, like I'm sure you've seen in mortgage broking as well. Yeah. The ones who just want to get in, make a quick buck, burn as many people as possible, give the agents that bad rap, yep. and then just get out. Yep. That's yep. what I'd personally want to get rid of. Yeah. Because real estate's not, 
it's not something you can just do overnight mm. or you can get into it for like you know one year or two years you really got to be into it for a long time to see the benefits like i've only been doing it for two and a half years myself right now only now am I starting to see the little tiny benefits. But seeing Dad, who's done it for, like, 31 years, where, you know, the repeat business he's getting and all of that, that's where I'm like, I want to get to that. Mm. And I want to sit, like, you know, I want to get reap those benefits. And there's no shortcut to that, is there? You've got to that's one do thing your I, time. And, <laughs> one um, thing I'm trying to get my head make sure you, around. Yeah, get everyone, everyone wants it done yesterday, but it doesn't yeah. work that way. What about yourself? If, I mean, you've seen so much change in your industry over the time, Dino. What, what, what's something you would change if you had control? For me, one of the things I dislike about our industry is the agents that go in and underquote buyers on, on properties and overquote owners telling them that they're going to get a certain price. It gives, it gives, gives both parties false, false um, expectations that they're going to buy a property for an X amount or they're going to sell it for an X amount. And then the money that these actual owners and buyers have to outlay to try and buy these properties and stuff like that and then not get the result that they plan for. That's probably... Bit, I'd, I'd like to see more and more agents become more accountable for that so that way the clients are looked after. For me, that's one of the biggest things that, that I dislike about our industry. It's, it's, it's the lying or mm. the, or the mis, misquoting is, is, is the big thing. So, yeah, that would be one thing I'd like to see in our industry really ramped up a bit more. They are doing it, but not as much as I think they should. Yeah. It's, it's a big responsibility to sell someone's home, right? It's, oh, um, it's usually their biggest asset they've we're got. Not, we're not selling a T-shirt here. This is their biggest asset. The and, difference in yep. price can, is life-changing for some people. Oh, it determines exactly. exactly where they end up and where they retire. So um, the difference between those results, whether buying or selling, um, is, is big. Uh, what's next? What's next for, for you guys? Um, not much change, really, for us. It's just keep doing what we've been doing continue to sort of look after our, our clients, whether they be buyers, sellers, owners, uh, landlords, tenants and all that sort of stuff. Philosophy's always been the same. Keep doing the right thing and the right thing keeps coming back. I'm a true big believer of karma. You do the right thing, good things come back to you. You do the wrong thing, you're going to get bitten. One, it may not happen straight away, but eventually it's going to come back and bite you. So that's if, we, if you stuff up, fix it up. If Otherwise, keep, keep, keep doing the right thing. And that's, that's been my, my philosophy all the way through my business career. So. Love it. Marcus. For me, it's uh, it's to be a standalone agent. So yep. I want to move from the uh, let's let's call it a shit kicker role. Yeah. And uh, move on to be you know my own agent, going out listing and selling. Perfect. And then after that, hopefully build a team. Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent, gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Just uh, just before you go, what's that one piece of advice if you can if you can take it away for them? Uh, what's that one piece of advice you've got for people? Marcus. In terms of being a real estate agent? Um, in terms of, a let's say, a buyer out there at the moment. Okay. Buyers, if you're not familiar with the area um, you're buying into, rent before you buy. Because if you buy something in an area you're not familiar with and you don't like it, it'd be a very, very expensive mistake. For me, I would pretty much say enter the market as soon as you can. Because if you sort of wait for that perfect opportunity, you're going to miss out on a lot and it's going to cost you a lot. In, in in waiting. So, yeah, so jump on. If, if you can afford to do it, you're never going to find that perfect property, especially when it's your first one. Sacrifice a little bit, but you, once you're in the market, you're laughing. Jump in and, and let time in. do its thing. Try, time will fix everything. Like yeah. we say, you know, when's the best time to buy? Ten years ago. Correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Love it. it. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your insight and, and yeah, we see a very unique story there. Where can people find you? All social channels, 
Um, we're on TikTok now as well. Oof, all right. <laughs> Don't know how long, much longer TikTok's going to be around for, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, we're located, obviously, at 11 Gommy Bay Road, Gommy. We're pretty much right virtually next to the post office. The office has been there since 1959. It's bright orange. You can't miss it. Come Absolutely. in, pop in. If you ever need any advice, we're happy to chat because everyone's always got a question, and especially if it's in our hub, Gommy, Grace Point, Kiroi, we're there to help. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.